we have all heard about rock and roll groupies, right? The popular misconception is that they are basically ladies who have sex with rock stars, like, period, that's it. But the role of the groupie is much more nuanced than most of us ever realized. Check out what Pam DeBar, groupie to Keith Moon, and a bunch of other folks, says about her role. I am still trying to set that word groupie straight because all it means is just a music lover who wants to be near the band. Period. That's all it means in whatever capacity. Sexual, sometimes yes, but also friends, helpers, assistants, guides. We wanted to uplift and enhance these people who moved us so much. That's all a groupie is. They are music-loving muses. Okay? So on th- on this week's, or tonight's, uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we're going to tell you the stories of the greatest groupies in rock and roll and dispel their sordid reputations. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Maybe not. Maybe not grandpas and kids of all ages for this one. Oh yeah. Well, no, grandpa Maybe, likes no, definitely, definitely you know, grandpa. Listen, my dad's in the hospital. He's all this stuff. He, the nurse comes in today. She says, "I love your father." I said, "Why?" She says, "The first time he lays eyes on me today, he says, oh my God, you are so beautiful.'" <laughs> so uh, he's so in you're... the hospital. He can barely like open his eyes, so, and he's already thinking about some ass. So Lou, you're, you're saying your dad took a turn for the nurse. <laughs> I don't have the rim shot set up. I'm Already. Took a turn for the nurse. I love it. Here comes the <laughs> sharp cheddar. Anyways, you probably have no idea what we're talking about, uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. I will fill you guys in a little bit later on. But anyways, it is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Ludini. I am the ringmaster. Uh, we are Power Trio this evening with Lily V6 from yes. Rock Rage Radio, our uh, you know absolute uh, library of <laughs> knowledge of rock and roll. And Pittsburgh Kevin, as always, Pittsburgh Kevin has a birthday coming up soon. Yeah, next week. We're next star- podcast. We're starting the party today, just are to we? make sure you know we get enough partying in oh, week long party. Absolutely. So. Um, <laughs> Go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com and or LuLombardiMusic.com. There's a lot of cool stuff there. You get access to uh, uh, downloads and music and our private Facebook group where it's just all gr- people talking about very cool people, by the way. There's no dicks in this group. <laughs> no, there is none. Everybody's so freaking cool. And if you just want to go place that is super cool and you can talk about music and chill and nobody's, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where you want to go. So just go to LuLombardiMusic.com or LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com and find out more about that. Uh, shout out to our brother from another mother. Who is listening tonight? Chris Watching. Thunderwolf Dodson, WolfsCustoms.online. This is where you go when you're getting up on stage and go, oh man, my guitar looks just like the last four morons that played before me. Right? Yeah, that happens, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you call Chris Thunderwolf Dotson at Wolf Dot at, at Wolf Dotson at Wolf's Customs dot online. You get a hold of those guys. And you say, "Hey, Chris, I got a problem. 
I looked like the same other three morons that played before me. And Chris (laughs) says, there is no problem because I am, you're going to send me your guitar and I am going to make it look so good, so marvelous. You're going to lose your mind. And that's what happens because he sends it back and now you've got a guitar that is, first of all, it's totally professional job, okay? Like, this isn't like Pittsburgh Kevin putting putting electrical tape and spray paint (laughs) to make it look like uh, Rick Nielsen. No, this is like serious shit this guy does, okay? Or like Lily buying spray glitter. Exactly. No spray glitter. None of that horse shit. This is a totally pro thing. If you go to wolfscustoms.online, they have photos and stuff like you can check out what they do. It's, It's sweet. So go there. Check them out. Get it's custom work done. Not just guitars, basses, uh, you know, any kind of uh, musical instrument. Tambourine. You play. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yes. If you like. As you like. As you like. <laughs> RockRageRadio.com. We love those guys. They just had a birthday. What's the birthday? Five Eight years? years? Eight years. Eight wow. years. So happy birthday, Rock Rage Radio. We are so happy to be part of, of you guys. Um, it's awesome that you what you're doing to keep uh, great rock and roll uh, in, the, in the public consciousness. So... Hats off to you. Salute you. RockRageRadio.com. Download the app and you can listen to great music and great programming 24-7, including what, Lily? My show, oh. Hot Licks with Lily Six, on Thursdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I do interviews and play mostly unsigned bands, but also mainstream stuff. So uh, check it out. And there's something for everybody. It's 24-7 music and talking about music. Awesome. <laughs> That's all it's about. Okay, guys. Cool. And Pittsburgh, Kevin, how you doing tonight? Feeling older. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Older for All right. Reason. I can't All imagine. Right. Oh, right. Shut up. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, no, no, no. Eat out, babe. I haven't. I haven't died yet. No. <laughs> Not dead yet. Okay. So let us. Let's go ahead and get into this madness. Hey. Groupies. We're ta- now. Um. The these ladies were not. Okay, let's. They were not like band hoes or whatever you want to call them. You know what I mean? They weren't just like. No, no. they I weren't mean, just that. No, they did. They, <laughs> they were weren't just, just that. that. Oh. Um, I mean, there was absolutely pretty women, rock and rollers. Hello, like, what do you think's happening? You know, come on. I mean, pretty women and rappers. Mm-hmm. What do you think's happening? Pretty women and movie stars. Even. People, movie stars, and people <laughs> at the Grand Old Opry or whoever. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anytime you get lovely Elvis. ladies who want Elvis, anybody, anytime you get lovely ladies who admire musicians, actors, writers, whatever, this is this is a kind of kind of a situation. And um, these ladies were just not only they were doing, they were like helping the band run errands while they were on tour. You know what I mean? Go, they would go pick up the laundry and so they were like really helpful because when you're on tour, man, you're trying to like figure out how you're going to live, mm-hmm. you know, out of a bus or whatever on the run. There's a lot of stuff that we take for granted. Um, the other one of the things we take for granted is com- real companionship. Um, and this is something that these guys were really, uh, quite, they were quite frankly lonely for. <clears throat> Can't, you know, taking wives and girlfriends on tour, anybody in a band out there who's ever toured will tell you that it's, it's very hard to do unless you are really famous and you have uh, buku bucks to afford that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so these ladies would provide a kind of home away from home. Am I sort of talking about this in the right way, yeah, Lily? Yeah. You know, that's that's Sounds what good. you know that that was the kind of essence of, of what 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 they were being able. To, they were kind of wife, mom, sister. You know, all mixed up in one to kind of like you know help 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 these guys get through. And you know, 
it, we, we all glamorize it, and it is super fun to play, and it's super fun toward, you know, very small-scale stuff, too, and it's super fun to do. Um, but there is something really nice, but, but there is something, like, that can get lonely, and there are downsides to it, and there is this feeling of, like, all you're doing is living for that hour or two hours you're on stage. You know, imagine that's your whole life is going to, like, what that hour and a half to two hours you're going to do in the evening. And that's it. The rest of your, your everything. So you need a break from that. That's like, that. that's madness. <laughs> that's just <laughs> crazy. So these, th- this was one of the ways these guys found this sort of like solace in what they were doing. Um, and I know a lot of people were probably going like, uh, you know, Ludini, you know, you, you know, these guys were famous and, you know, and, uh, and you know, and also like, yeah, but you know, every, um, Every form of prison, right, has its... What's the line from the Eagles? Oh, gosh, I don't know what you're thinking. You know, I, I can't remember the, the, <laughs> the thing, but it's to the essence that, that, like, no matter what it is, how good it seems to be, there's always... It's up to that. Like, it's relative. Everything's mm-hmm. relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these ladies were the kind of, like, helping these, these uh, gentlemen out. I know some of this is controversial because not everybody was 18 years old who was involved with some of these situations. Um... And I'm I'm happy to to discuss that as well. Um, so Lily, this is a really kind of like um, uh, something Lily really really digs. She yeah. she thinks about this. I, she I'm reads a lot about. This. She's really them. fascinated by this <laughs> lifestyle. Um, so why do you think you're so fascinated by this lifestyle? Because I do, I'm not brave enough to actually become one of these women to tour with these men for years at a time and i just i just am fascinated by their lifestyle because it's not just sexual because it's also the partying it's also the helping it's also the other stuff that came out of it because these women went on to do other things like be in bands or do the or they've been immortalized or that oh yes sweet sweet connie Connie, yes yes. Or uh, there's one who got her master's degree. There's like there are things that they've gone on to do, even though they've partied right. hard. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, some the one lady has uh, uh, her own wine and has mm-hmm. written a couple mm-hmm. of books. They've and... all but one written a, mem- a memoir about yeah. this. And um, so, um, so so you find that like I kind just... of like, admirable? Yeah. I do. And I've been on tour buses in a non-groupy type situation where I see these musicians break down because they're not with their wives or their family. And they're sitting there smoking pot and just literally bawling. I've seen it happen. And it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so it's, it, it has its downside. And it's really... Um... There's a lot of pressure on you, yeah. you know, and then and then add the fact that they're probably thinking, oh, my God, you know, we got to do the next record. And what if it doesn't mm-hmm. sell and the record company's really up our ass and blah, 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 blah. So um, and um, who is your uh, well, I'll let you we could talk about that. I was going to ask who your favorite groupie is, uh, but um, why don't you just go ahead and get started okay. with, with giving us a list and Kevin and I will chime in as we uh, go yeah, along. Go. Alrighty. Sounds good. So the first on my list is Lori Maddox, uh, sometimes known as Lori Lightning. Uh, she's a former American child model and one of the baby groupies. Baby groupies are a Uh-oh. group of women who are very underage. They were like oh. 16 and below in uh, LA and New York. Um, it was from the 1970s. Um, groupie culture um as of november 2015 she's a partner and buyer for a glam boutique in west hollywood she's best perhaps known for an interview with thrillist in 2015 in which she made um allegations of being involved in sexual relationships with david bowie jimmy page and mick jagger 
uh, relationships which would have occurred while she was underage and while the musicians were in their 20s. Her experience has become a notable discussion point in the Me Too movement. Uh, they use her as an example in the Me Too movement, which we don't really love, but, you know. Well, is she... <clears throat> Does she feel hurt by her experiences? No, no, but she's used it as an example. She didn't. She, but what I'm saying is like, oh, I find this very yeah. fascinating Yeah. because uh, what I'm asking is like, is she saying that she was raped? No. She isn't saying that. No, she's okay. not saying that. And this is very similar to the lady, to the young woman um, in the situation with Roman Polanski. And that woman's been on Howard Stern yeah. and mm-hmm. all kinds of like, she's like, I was something I wanted to do. Like I'm I'm 40 (laughs) and like, (laughs) I've never had any like bad thing about it. Like I'm totally fine. So it makes you really question. It's things that make you go. "Hmm." (laughs) So anyways, continue at the age of 13. She began frequenting clubs on the sunset strip with her friend, Sable star, who we'll be talking about later. Um, they were great names. I know. Right. (laughs) Lily six. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, particularly the rainbow bar and grill whiskey, a go, go and Roddy, uh, Rodney Bigenheimer's, English disco. These were the popular oh, places yeah. in LA. Uh, Maddox said that she, when she was 14 years old, she and Star were introduced to David Bowie while he was on tour in the U.S. Uh, when Bowie to- uh, returned to LA from five returned to LA five months later on the night before Bowie performed at the Long Beach Arena in '73, um, Maddox claimed Bowie's bodyguard was sent to pick her up and Star for ex- a sexual encounter. According to Maddox, as she told Thrillist in 2015, she and Star met Bowie at the Rainbow Bar before the three went to Bowie's hotel suite and had sex. Bowie de-virginized me. <laughs> that night I lost my virginity and had my first threesome. However. Whoa, 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 however, whoa, whoa you can't just glow. Whoa, time out. Back it up. Time, well, hold on. Uh, hold on a stinking minute here. Hold on. There you go. Her I was first, trying to do it fast. She wow. loses her virginity during a threesome. Yes. Damn. But this, there is some contradictory on this because Star says that girl wasn't with them when her and Bowie did it. They so um, Lori lost her virginity, but she says it wasn't due to a threesome. Sable says it wasn't due to a threesome. So we don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any cat noises, but it does sounds like wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, in 72, while Led Zeppelin were in L.A. for their 72 North American tour, the 13-year-old uh, Maddox began dating Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page. According to Rolling Stone, Page went to Great Lakes to keep the relationship a secret due to the possibility of being arrested for statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Um, at the instance of Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, Maddox was kept locked in a hotel room, sometimes even in the closet in the room, with a security guard at the door during the band's subsequent U.S. tour. Not only to hide her from being discovered by authorities, but to also hide her from other rock stars who wanted her because she was that good. <laughs> uh, she how does somebody get thir- how old was she 13 14 how at that time at 14 how does somebody get that good that good well, at sex uh, david bowie i don't know <laughs> this this whole situation calls so much of like our <laughs> contemporary mores into question like it's it's absolutely fascinating <laughs> Go ahead. According to Maddox, after they'd been together for a year, Paige was willing to be seen in public with her and began uh, taking her to concerts. She claimed she ended the relationship when she was 16 years old after finding Paige in bed with B.B. Buell, another girl we're going to be talking about this evening. Um, Buell gave the uh, the alternate version of the story, claiming that despite the fact that Maddox had given her exclusively to Jimmy Page from age 14 to 16, she was barred uh, by Paige's security from seeing him once again, uh, once he began dating Buell. So Buell said, no, this guy's mine. Lori Maddox said, uh, is said by is said by Led Zeppelin biographers to have been referenced by the band in the song "Sick Again." 
specifically with the lyrics, one day soon you're going to reach 16, Painted Lady in the City of Lies. So that is Miss Lori Maddox's story. <laughs> I just want a woman to go have a meal with me. <laughs> one. Just one, Lou. <laughs> There he is. Thank you, Bones McGoon. Bones McGoon. Finally. Thank you. to save us. He's waiting for it. <clears throat> so, any thoughts on Lori? Um, well, I was kind of interjecting as we went. Yeah. Um, that, it, that, that's, it's a crazy story. It, it, you know, it's, if she feels like she's like normal and well adjusted, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I don't know. There's not too many that are, like, screwed up after their situation. I mean, they chose to do what they wanted to do. None of them are really acting like they did anything wrong. Well, who so. was... Uh, I mean, you'll probably bring her up, but there's somebody who caught hepatitis. I don't think I have that one. Okay. I only <clears throat> included 12 on my list. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a, just a young lady who, you know, kind of at a young age kind of knew what she wanted from life. I, mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. Pittsburgh Kevin. You have anything you want to add, or oh, you don't want me to add. Okay. Um, so what, what's who? Who do you got next, Lily? So we have um, <coughs> Pamela Debar next, and she's one of the more famous ones. I do have her book uh, called "I'm Visual with the Band." <laughs> Rock and roll group, groupie uh, writer. We're musician. holding it up, by the way, real quick for everybody. Yes. It's it's uh, Lily has the hard cover. I said hard. Yes, I got it for a dollar. And she has a bookmark in it. Let's see. That's what... where I'm at. <laughs> Okay, let me just kind of let me read an excerpt. Oh, read it, yes, no. please. It's William Shatner. No, I don't think I off at the moment. It would be good though. Yeah, I'd have to take the glasses off. <clears throat> yes. Okay. He was sitting with his knees bunched up to his chin, engrossed in a in the yeehaw music. And when he saw me, he got up and let me in. He took the kitten in his arms. I wished it could have been me. He had on a t-shirt, jeans, and bare feet, but he put on his funny wraparound shoes because he was going to a session, which he said was going to be a drag. He offered me some pot, but I said, no thanks. He probably thinks I'm a twerp. He couldn't take the kitty because he's about to go on tour, so he took me and the kitty back to my car, his Porsche. I was in his Porsche! Exclamation point, exclamation point. It was the most perfect time in my entire life. There must be a couple of pages of silence. <laughs> that man was Weird Al Yankovic. It was weird. He, she was talking about, uh, this is where you are in the book. Do you know who she's talking about? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, what you can see from Pam there is this nice young lady. Um, she was very much into this situation. Yes. Doesn't sound. It's a next door neighbor. It's not even a musician. Oh, it's not even a musician yet. She's, <laughs> She's warming up. We're not there up. yet. <laughs> wow. Uh, but this looks. This book looks a pretty well worn, Lily. It's the, the original, I believe. What I found I'm saying it, is, yeah. like, have you read it before? No, I, oh, I, I found it recently. Use. Yeah, oh, for a dollar. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> She's a rock and roll groupie, writer, musician, and actress, best known for. Her best-selling 1987 memoir, which we just showed, uh, details experience and experiences memoir. in L.A. rock music scene of the 60s and 70s. She's also a former member of the experimental Frank Zappa-produced music group, the GTOs. Oh, yeah. Um, a high school acquaintance, Victor Hayden, introduced DeBar to his cousin, uh, Don Van Villay, better known as Captain Beefheart, a musician and friend oh, of yes, Frank Z yes. Zappa. 
Uh, Van in turn introduced her to Charlie Watts and Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones. Never heard of them. No. Which drew her into the rock music scene on the Sunset Strip in L.A., which is the dangerous place for groupies to go, obviously. Mm. She started to spend her time with the Birds and other bands, and when she graduated from high school in 66, she took various jobs that would allow her to live near the Sunset Strip and take part in the rock music scene. God, she's just like a woman after my own heart. She famously went on to form friendships with many of the great um, musical artists of the era and became romantically linked with various notable creatives such as Mick Jagger, Jimmy Page, Keith Moon, Nick St. Nicholas, Noel Redding, Jim Morrison, Chris Hillman, yes, Chris Hillman, Graham Parsons, Waylon Jennings, Brandon DeWilde, Michael Richards, Woody Allen, and Don Johnson. Michael Richards. Wow. Kramer. No, not, not that Kramer. Not that, no, not that, not that Michael. Although, maybe... She regularly flew around the world with Led Zeppelin and sewed shirts for musicians she loved. So she was like sort of like a seamstress on tour mm. before she did really anything. Cool. Um, she pursued a career as an actress and she was in um, several movies, including Zappa's 200 Motels. Uh, she did commercials, played a recurring role in the soap opera Search for Tomorrow throughout 74. And she was a nanny and babysitter for Frank Zappa. Um, which she, she was in the band, which we already talked about. Um, on in, in October '77, she married Michael DeBar, who had been a lead singer uh, first with Silverhead, and he was signed to Deep Purple's record label. Uh, they have a son, Nicholas Dean DeBar. The couple divorced in summer of '91. She wrote two more memoirs. One Michael of DeBar has a show on one of the series. On one of the series okay. channels, I believe, on Ozzy's Boneyard. Uh, in March, the March that's 19th. How I, I was that's like, how you know who I, that I is. I was going like, <laughs> I'm going like, I read about her. And I'm going like, I wonder if she's related to Michael DeBar. Now she married, <laughs> or no, that no, yeah, she was married to him. Um, she wrote the two memoirs, and it's widely believed that Cameron Crowe drew these memoirs to create the groupie character Penny Lane. But we find out later that he drew from several different ones, including one that I don't have on my list because I figured everybody knew who she was, uh, Penny Trumbull. Um, in March 89, uh, issue of Playboy Whoa. magazine featured Dubar in a nude layout published together with... What? A- yes. Nude? Yes. No. Why stopping this podcast right now? Liar from hell. <laughs> she was quoted... I'll not have that kind of talk, Missy. No. She was quoted saying, I wanted to be in Playboy when I was younger, but my breasts did not precede me. But now I have semi-celebrity tits, so they don't have to be as big. Oh. <laughs> nice. Which I-, I don't like that. <laughs> um, she also has three nonfiction books that she wrote. Um... About okay, so I'll just read with air rock bottom, dark moments in music, Babylon. Uh, let's spend the night together, backstage, secret of rock, mu- rock muses, and super groupies. <laughs> Today, Pamela DeBar continues to author books, contribute to others' works as, as an editor. Um, she does articles online for print publications. Uh, she writes a column for Please Kill Me. Um, she actually confessed in that. Uh, online thing that she once ki- uh, kissed murder and former Manson family member Bobby uh, Beausoleil in Golden Gate Park during his Manson pre-Manson days. Mm. She's led such a life, so there's so wow. many things going on. <laughs> and she also teaches creative writing classes in L.A. as well as uh, several other cities throughout the U.S. And, uh, and internationally. She affectionately refers to her writing class members as her dolls. And there's one now. <laughs> that sounded like a gremlin. <laughs> well, <laughs> but she is one of the more famous ones. She's, she's experienced a lot she's of things. She's a real kind of like go re- getter. Yeah, go getter. She's re- a go getter. Re- Renaissance woman. Mm. Like good for her. And I can't wait to finish this because I want to read about. I did re- like kind of skip ahead and see. How I she- guess. I guess the argument is this. Yes. <clears throat> for every Pam the Bar, there's like a hundred girls who like screwed their lives up. Right. That's the argument. <laughs> I, I don't, we aren't talking about that. And I don't know. And so I want to be kind of 
fair about the situation. I but I don't know that one way or another. Maybe most experiences are relatively positive. Yeah. I don't know that. I would imagine if there was like really jacked up stuff going on that there'd be like, you know, you know, legal stuff right. you know, happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's beaten up or, you know. It was very mean. glamorized and not almost famous of how the groupie lifestyle was. Like they, I'm pretty sure it's probably not always like that. Yeah. And those are different times too. The seventies <laughs> right. and eighties. It was, it was, it was, it was a different era, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of, it, it sounds super glamorous. Um, and uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I should have been a group. <laughs> Which brings to the question I was going to ask you. Yes. And by the way, we are we cannot miss this day in music because there's something. There's a okay. couple of really important things we oh, need to okay. talk about. Okay. Um, but um, are there? Did you run across? Did anybody run across any boy groupies? That's, I thought about doing I that, but I I couldn't find anything because you know like. It has to. Like, oh, yeah, the go goes and the runaways. Well, and not just sure. that, but I'm thinking about like Bowie, Bowie, and I'm Mercury. thinking about boy, boy George, <laughs> and people like Rob that. Halford. Rob Halford, yes. people like that. Right. And then like how many of how many of these like like so called like straight rockers mm-hmm. also occasionally like to get with one of the boys, right? Oh my! And Which that might happens. be an outlet oh for like, okay, my. look, I'm not really gay, but I like the kind of like experiment, <laughs> mix <it up. laughs> like mix it up. Right. I've done like a million chicks. I don't know. Bring bring a guy in here and just see what the hell. Let's happens. see what goes on, and just mm. see what goes on. Like like I could imagine that scenario, can't you guys? Yeah. Sure. You know, I mean, like yeah. when you live a lifestyle of like road, you you're know, bored. Well, on the road, bored, but you Same also have stuff. people catering to your needs, and you got tons of drugs, and the uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, Let's the see road what we goes can do on next. forever, and the party never ends. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> that like you know, you might do some twisted shit. Is all I'm trying to say. I see. I I'm not see. trying to say that I'm saying that. It's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. So, so it's just we'd be kind of curious, and if anybody in the anybody, who, anybody commenting, we've got Chris Underwolf just saying he's here. Chris Hi, Chris. <laughs> we have other Chris? watchers, but they're not talking, so I can't see that. Okay, oh. so if you guys have any questions or you know anything you want to chime in on, you know, we'll try to read your comment and give you a shout out. I can't send you any money or anything like that, but <laughs> thanks for asking. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, your uh, your uh, participation is appreciated. Um, so who do you got next? So you asked me who my favorite groupie is, and this is my mm. favorite groupie. It's BB Buell. And I'm no, I know you know why, but I'll go ahead and read it first. Um, Beverly Lawrence, BB Buell. American model and singer. She was a Playboy magazine's. She was Playboy magazine's November '74 Playmate of the Month. Uh, she moved to New York in '72 after signing a modeling contract. Um, she garnered notoriety after her publicized relationship with music uh, or musician Todd Rundgren uh, from '72 to '78, as well as her liaisons with several other musicians following the four decades. Four decades. Wow. <laughs> Good for her. Um, she is the mother of actress Liv Tyler, whose biological mm-hmm. father is Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler. So that is why she is my favorite, because she fathered one of my favorite, or she mothered one of my favorite actresses, and her, the father was Steven Tyler, right. who is one of my favorite musicians. Um, Todd Rundgren is Liv's legally adoptive father. Um, in 2001, Buell published her autobiography with St. Martin's Press, um, Rebel Heart, an American Rock and Roll Journey. I don't have that one. It's on my list of things to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, it was a New York Times bestseller, and the paperback was issued in 2002. Um, she actually recorded a four-song EP on Rhino Records with uh, produced by Rick Derringer and Rick Ocasek. Wow, look at that. With the Cars serving as her uh, band on two tracks. Cool. That's cool. Um, oh, wow. 
I like to hear it. I have to go back and check it out. <laughs> I know, like they most of them weren't super successful when they tried no, to get into music. Right, not no. at all. But I've heard that a couple of them had like decent things. Going it sounded on. Like, they, okay. Like I, I think if they, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's not. They're trying to be men. <laughs> Let's okay. put it that way. Gotcha. Mm. Um, the uh, the rock band Power Station began in 84 when her then-boyfriend John Taylor of Duran Duran pulled some famous friends together to provide backing for another of Buell's musical efforts. Uh, she also formed the band The B-Sides in 1980, disbanded in 85. Um, she started another band, The Gargoyles. Um, she managed Liv, uh, Liv's career as an international model and actress. She represented uh, Sharice Mickelson, who's another model. Mm-hmm. Um, she recorded a solo effort with Don Fleming, released in 2000. Um, she also performed around New York with uh, the B.B. Buell Band. So she was in several unsuccessful bands. But she had really good she backing tried. on them. Um, in 2009, she released her first recording in 10 years, the single Air Kisses for the Masses. Um, in 2001, she released Hard Love, an aggressive rock album influenced by grunge and glam rock, which I haven't heard yet. Grunge and glam. Yes. So that might be interesting. Wow. Uh, and she gram. had a band. <laughs> and she had a band called the Vibrators. <laughs> nice. Um, seventy-two to seventy-eight. She had a long-term on-again, off-again relationship with Todd Rundgren. Uh, she became unexpectedly pregnant from her brief relationship with Steven Tyler. Uh, she gave birth to Liv Tyler, but initially named the child Liv Rundgren <laughs> and claimed that Todd was the dad. Um, in ninety-two, she uh, married for the first time. She was a sometime music. Uh, to, she was wed sometime musician and actor Coyote Shivers. Does anyone know who that is? No, I do. He was in the uh, movie Empire Records as like the one with the spiky like hair. Who was like the guy who played like okay. guitar like this? Yeah. He talked like this. Huh. That's the only thing I know him from because <laughs> I loved his name. Um, Wait, I'm so confused. She was married <laughs> to Todd Rundgren, or she was not. She was not. But he adopted. That was her relationship. But he adopted Liv Liv. as his as her. Because Liv Tyler said that she was like kind of she was really pissed, like when she finally found out who her real father was. Because she says Todd was very good to her. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He was a very good father. Yeah. But she could tell by just looking at Steven Tyler for once. That was she. Well, Steven Tyler could tell too. And they said it was starting to become. He talked about the Joe Rogan show. It was like it was starting to become like everybody's like. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> they look alike. Yeah, why yeah. You look like everybody looks like Stephen Tyler. <laughs> um, and then in 2002, she married musician Jim Wallerstein of uh, Das Damen. Again, this was uh, one of the groupies that Cameron Crowe took for almost famous um, to form Penny Lane. Even though we know it was Penny Moline. There's what was her name Penny Trumbull. Penny Trumbull. Penny Moline. Um, and I. Uh, the, I can't even think where I was now. Uh, for this, for the film Almost <laughs> Famous, Cameron Crowe developed the Band-Aid character Penny Lane as a composite of handful of girls. We just said that. Uh, one girl who went by the nickname Penny Lane is real-life Penny Lane Trumbull. Wow. And they, they, though they were not in the Flying Garter Girls group, various other women have been described as Crowe's inspiration. For instance, Pamela DeBar and Buell, Buell partially inspired Crowe. He named the lead singer character Jeff Beebe. <laughs> you all right there? <laughs> So there's that. There's BB. So you got there. There got that going for you. Okay. you know? <laughs> got BB Buell. Oh, which I love her name too. Sure. I just love BB. It rolls off the tongue. BB Buell. <laughs> Who's next on your list? I have Chris O'Dell. This is a short one. Chris O'Dell, like mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell, but Chris O'Dell. Oh. <laughs> she first came onto the music scene as an assistant to the Beatles label Apple Records. You guys might know who this is. I think I've talked about her before. She became a close confidant of the confidant of the group and inspired George, George Harrison to write a song called Miss Odell oh. uh, when he was waiting for her to come to a meeting. She helped sing the background vocals on Hey Jude. 
Um, after leaving Apple, she worked for the Stones while juggling affairs with Harrison Clapton and Ringo Starr. <laughs> She then worked for Dylan and uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young as a tour manager, and she possibly was the first female tour manager ever. Oh, neat. Um, and she wrote a book about the experience called Miss Odell, which is also on my list of books to buy now. <laughs> um, let me see. That's a long title. I'm not reading the whole thing. Other famous songs with uh, Odell in mind were Joni Mitchell's Coyote. She is the woman down the hall in the song, as well as Leon Russell's Pisces, Apple Lady, and Hummingbird. She was in a romantic relationship with him at the time, so... She got, got she got some songs written about her. Nice. Even by a woman. <clears throat> you know, that's another thing. Maybe we should talk about songs about groupies. Do we have a list of that? I did not do a list of songs because I had some of the songs that were inspired by them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. So I'm not as familiar with this person. Is there anything you want to add, Pittsburgh Kevin? I do not. Because <laughs> I'm not familiar with... Well, I, I, I kind of knew of her, but I don't know a whole lot about her. I know I've brought her up before just because yeah. of the Apple Records and the Beatles, mm-hmm. but nothing crazy. There's not a whole lot on her. She kind of kept a low profile other than her managing because yes. she was like really proud of that she managed bands, actual bands. Cool. Interesting. Right. Go ahead. Sable Star okay. is the next there on the she list. Is. She's, okay. um, Sable Hay Shields, better known as Sable Star, was a famous groupie often described as the queen of the groupie scene. Um, and this was in L.A. during the 70s. She stated during an interview published in June 73 in Star Magazine that she had met Rod Stewart, Led Zeppelin, Alice Cooper, David Bowie, Mick Jagger, Elton John, and Mark Bolin. She first attended concerts around the L.A. scene in 68 at the age of 11, together with older friends who had dropped out of school. Uh, she claimed to have had sex when she was 12 with adult, um, with adult male spirit guitarist Randy California after a gig at Topanga, California. Jeez. She became one of the first baby groupies who, in the early 70s, frequented Rainbow Bar, Whiskey, and um, English Disco. The girls were named as such because of their young age. She got started after a friend invited her to the Whiskey Go-Go at the age of 14. She's later described herself at, uh, herself at the period of time having been nuts to begin with. I always liked getting into trouble. Uh, she had considered herself unattractive, so she had a nose job when she was 15. Wow. Um, 15? Yeah. <laughs> there was a girl, Kevin, do you remember, that went to Faith with us? Her name was Maureen. And she yes. she she came back one year with a different nose. Yeah, and they did, like, like, freak you out? We were all like, and <laughs> she was just kind of like, yeah. She was just, and she, uh, it was, it did improve her features. She <laughs> had a kind of like, kind of intense nose. Like right. it caught your right. tongue. Like, oh, okay. Yes. Well, during the time she was a groupie, she still lived at home with mom and dad. Well, as you do. <laughs> um, and she went to um, Paulus Veritas High School to placate her parents. This isn't chick that Steven Tyler adopted. I don't think this okay. is her. Okay, okay. In 73, she gave a candid interview for the short-lived Los Angeles-based Star Magazine and boasted to the journals that she considered herself to be the best of all the local groupies. She also claimed that she was closely acquainted with some of the rock music's leading musicians, such as David Bowie, Rod Stewart, and Alice Cooper. When asked how she attracted the attention of the musicians, she maintained it was because of the outrageous glam rock clothing she habitually wore, which I can totally relate to that when I'm not on the podcast because lately I've been dressing like, meh. <laughs> She was often photographed alongside well-known rock musicians. These photos appeared in American hard rock magazines such as Cream and Rock Scene. She loved to get into fights with other girls. Big surprise. Hmm. <laughs> um, with Lori Maddox. Hmm. That was a rival groupie of hers. So we talked about her earlier. Ladies. <laughs> Come on now. Please. There's enough of Ludini to go around. Settle down now. Lori Maddox told her. Simmer down Simmer down You can't tell psycho women to, tell, to simmer down. No. They're going to get no, like, you can't. beaten. <laughs> But Maddox told her once to keep her hands off Jimmy Page, saying, if you touch him, I'll shoot you. He's mine. (laughs) 
Her closest friends in L.A. were fellow groupies uh, Shay Meacham and Queenie. Model B.B. Buell described Star as having been one of the two top Los Angeles groupies of the era, adding that every rock star who came to L.A. wanted to meet her. So apparently she's the winner. Good for She her. ran away from home when she was 16. This is an interesting story. She ran away from home when she was 16 after meeting Johnny Thunders from New York Dolls, yeah, yeah. went to live with him in New York City. Their relationship did not last because he was violent, jealous, and he, his drug addiction just it got to her. He wanted to marry her after she became pregnant with his child, but she refused and instead got an abortion. Oh, uh, tired ouch. of the physical abuse thunders often inflicted upon her and unable to. I adjust- should have, you should read that again and I'll play some crazy sound effect. Okay. No, 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 ready? No, <laughs> no. Because I'm like, I could have played some like clown no. laughing. She well, basically she couldn't handle it. She um couldn't adjust to New York. She liked LA better. She couldn't stand Johnny Thunders anymore because he was beating her. Basically, uh, she moved back to LA. She claimed that Thunders tried to destroy my personality after I was with him. I just wasn't Sable Star anymore. He really destroyed the Sable Star thing. She made frequent visits to New York where she had an affair with Richard Hell, befriended Nancy Spungen, mm-hmm. and participated in the local punk rock scene. By the early 80s, she was no longer a part of the group, uh, the groupie lifestyle. She later moved to Lake, this is sad, she later moved to Lake Tahoe, Nevada, became a table game That's dealer heard, yeah. Yeah. at Carson Valley Inn, and then died in her home in April 2009 of brain cancer mm. at age 51. Wow. She does have a partner, a daughter, and a son. You can't... Blame the brain cancer on being a groupie. Oh, no. No, I know. Yeah, so it's like, you know, let's <laughs> not like. But it's just a sad how her life ended. I'm yeah. like, you had such a party <laughs> lifestyle. Now you're done. Yeah, it's okay, Lou. It's now, okay. now you're a table card dealer and you died. There, there, Lou. <laughs> okay, so there's a whole shit ton of songs about groupies. Okay, cool. Some I didn't realize were songs about groupies. I should have known, like, after I kind of glanced this. Well, there should be two that you know for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we Got Your Rock by Fraley's Comet. I didn't You got a backstage that. pass and a nice little ass, and you say you want to take realize. me home. Wow. <laughs> Rocks Off by Def Leppard. Sure. In her wow. red satin dress, her high-heeled shows, her high-heeled shoes. It's, it's supposed to be shoes. Oh, her high-heeled high shoes. She took us all by surprise. Somebody wrote that wrong. Yes. <laughs> um... I Go Crazy by Queen from the album The Works. I took a baby to see a heavy band, but I never saw my baby till the encore. (laughs) (laughs) And even then. (laughs) Sex and Outrage by Motorhead. That'd be a good name for a band. Sex and Outrage. Mm. Uh, Just Me and You, Teenage Backstage Sex and Outrage. (laughs) Go Lemmy. By teenage, we mean 18. Uh, backstage Queen by uh, from by the Scorpions on Virgin Killer of all oh, that makes sense. Wow. Take it easy, life goes on, my little backstage Queen. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for fun, fun fact: the German word for groupie, yeah, is groupie. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right, Lou. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other What's... word, the other word is Farfignugen. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. What moron wrote this? Um, All Night Long. This is a famous song. This is the other... uh, Everybody knows Graham Bonnet sang um, Since You've Been Gone by... Deep by yeah. uh, by Rainbow, but he also sings all night long, which was mm-hmm. a, which was a big hit for them. And uh, I saw you standing down by the stage, your black stockings and your see through dress. Oh, that's about Ooh. me. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sick again. This was already mentioned was... off of Physical Graffiti. Uh, that's through the, the we circus about, yeah. of L.A. Queens. How fast you learn the downhill side. 
Uh, I knew this one. Of course. And and this is pretty, you know, I should have known. This is obvious. Uh, Once bitten, twice shy. Well, Mm -hmm. not, it wasn't originally by Great White, was it? No, Mata Hoopla. Mata Hoopla, that's what I thought. You didn't know what rock and roll was till you met my drummer on a great tour bus. (laughs) Uh, and then obviously and this that. is this is awesome. I remember when okay, this is because I, I will do this one last then. Okay. Uh and then we have we're an American band, sweet sweet Connie mm-hmm. uh doing her act. The she had the whole show, and that's a natural fact. Sweet Connie's the most famous rock and roll, uh one of the most famous rock and roll groupies that was known for her exceptional oral delights. And she did not travel with the bands. No, no, they, they came came to her. Come to they her. Came to yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way: she had more rock stars inside her than Madison Square Garden. Wow! This rock sure. zombie version paints a fresh coat on an old mm. classic. So, in the website here, there's a uh, link to the uh, Rob Zombie. Have you ever heard the Rob Zombie version? Yes, I have. Cool. It. It's all right. And um, so, this is the one that we're going to talk about here: uh, Plaster Caster. Oh boy! Whenever, like uh, the, they would try to scare us away from rock and roll they would always talk about how disgusting kiss was because they had this song called plaster caster oh, please. And what a disgusting thing and all you hear from all the you know, church ladies and stuff. the adults um <laughs> off of love gun the, the plaster is getting harder and my love is perfection a token of my love for her <laughs> man kiss i'm gonna tell you kiss, what I, kiss uh, art uh, Kiss has the greatest lyrics, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. Mean Gene's inspiration for the song was Cynthia Plastercaster, a groupie who took plaster molds of rock stars' penises. She had it done to Gene, but uh, no doubt would have slapped a Kiss logo on it and sold rap. You rap know, Kiss <laughs> and people would buy them. People uh, would buy them. So let's. So that is absolutely who we're going to talk mm. about next. So what do you got? <laughs> Cynthia Plastercaster is an American artist and self-described recovering groupie who gained fame for creating plaster casts of famous or par, famous persons' erect penises. Uh, she wanted to come up with a signature move to differentiate herself from the other groupies, and she sure did. Boom, there you go. Um, her original name is, uh, last name's Albritton. Uh, she began her career in 1968 by casting penises of rock musicians. She later expanded her subjects to include filmmakers and other types of artists, eventually amassing a collection of 50 plaster phalluses. In 2000, she added casting females artists' breasts to her Thank goodness. list of things she does. <laughs> uh, we we do that here, by the way. If you'd like to have a plaster cast of your breasts, yeah. uh, please oh, uh, yeah, send sure. a... Submit to these two. <laughs> please send a uh, self-abuse stomped antelope to uh, 3906 Pueblo, Colorado. Yes. <laughs> In the late 1960s, she became caught up in free love and rock music in college when her art teacher gave the class assignment to... Free love? Yeah, you know. No, I don't. Oh. (laughs) I don't either. To plaster cast something solid that could retain its shape. That was her assignment. So (laughs) she hit upon the idea of casting the temporarily, temporarily solid male genitalia, which would then soften and exit the mold. Genius. Freaking genius. I was wondering how they did that. Finding a dental mold making substance called, um... A li- uh, I can't plaster. say it. Algonate to be sufficient. She found her first celebrity client in Jimmy Hendrix. Hendrix. Yes, I know her. The that. first of many oh, to man. submit I to the idea. <laughs> Hendrix is the first one. God bless him. Uh, yeah. How 
G- Jimi Hendrix, of all people, yeah. for that to be your first project. Uh, meeting Frank Zappa. Zappa. Wow, what did I Zappa. say? Zappa. Frank Zappa. Where is my... Where is she? Where did I get that? Oh, jeez. Oh, it's hanging around, you guys. I feel a little verklempt. <laughs> I hate you. Meeting Frank Zappa, who, uh, who found the concept of casting both humorous and creative as an art form, thought, uh, though he himself had never done it. Um, she found him something of a patron. He moved uh, her to Los Angeles. He moved her to Los Angeles, which she described as a veritable groupie heaven uh, with no lack of willingness from the assistants eager to please mm-hmm. the subjects for casting. In 71, sure. after her apartment was burg- uh, burgled, Zappa and Albert decided uh, the cast should be preserved in a future exhibition and trusting them to Zappa's legal partner, uh, Herb Cohen. I don't know who that is for safekeeping. Herb. The exhibition idea did not... <laughs> Yes, my dad's attorney. <laughs> it did not take off, however, due to a sudden lack of famous rock stars willing to participate. Uh, she made no cast between 71 and 80. After years of wrangling, oh. she found herself in wrangling. 93 having to go to court in order to retrieve, retrieve the 25 casts Cohen held. She got Ooh. all but three back. In 2000, she finally held her first exhibition of casts in New York City. She also decided to begin casting women's breasts, as we said. Um, there's a film documentary from 2001, Plaster Caster. Was made about her. She also contributed to the BBC um, three documentary, My Penis and I, made by (laughs) British filmmaker Lawrence Baraclaw, about his anxiety over his three and a half inch erect penis. She had inspired at least two songs, Five Short Minutes by Jim Croach. Is that how you say that? Yeah, Jim Croach. Five Short Minutes of Love. And Plaster Caster by Kiss. She also mentioned, uh, she's also mentioned in the Momus' song, The Penis Song, on his album Folktronic and the the Le Tigre song, Nanny Nanny Boo Boo. In 1969, Pamela DeBar of Frank Zappa's group, the GTOs, recorded a telephone conversation with Cynthia from Chicago for the GTOs album, Permanent Damage. Um, in 2010, she unsuccessfully ran for mayor of Chicago, Illinois, on the hard party ticket. Oh, <laughs> I see what she did there. And she is the inspiration for the character Juicy Lucy in Good Girls Revolt, whom Patty interviews as a witness to the Altamont riot. Wow. And if you would like to find a list of all of the people she has casted, there's an extensive list on Wikipedia (laughs) that you can find. And uh, Jimi Hendrix, obviously, Richard Cole from Led Zeppelin, the manager of uh, Led Zeppelin, did it. Um, Also, a bunch. You're not going to know many of the females. Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Sure. But, you know, mostly a lot of managers. I saw a lot of tour managers and roadies on there. (laughs) (sighs) He's sighing. Nice. <laughs> I, this is a lady I can respect. Right? She made see? a whole business out of it. Yeah, see? <laughs> see? She made a business out of the wiener. Out of the wiener. She's a winner with the wiener. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Give us, like, one more. One more? Okay. Um, let's talk about Audrey Hamilton. Uh, she is Audrey! <laughs> she is unlike most of the other well-known groupies. Instead of a, uh, writing a memoir or publicizing her relationship with Robert Plant, she had kept a low profile and remained out of the public eye. She became Robert Plant's road wife and muse during Led Zeppelin's 1977 U.S. tour. She met one of the roadies at a blues club, and he asked her to come back and meet the band at the hotel. Her and Robert hit it off instantly, and he asked her to join them on the tour, and she did so without hesitation, of course, because mm. if Robert Plant asks you to come and tour with him, you're going to go. Yeah. Um, she uh, left her husband uh, husband behind to go wow. hang out with these guys, but apparently they were in an open marriage. Okay. Traveled with them during the entire tour. Um, it's it seemed as if they were on a f- in a full on relationship, despite the fact that Robert was married at the time mm-hmm. to Maureen Wilson. Um, there's a shout out to her heard on the bootleg. Listen to this, uh, listen to this Eddie from their June twenty twenty first seventy seven show. 
That wasn't me. Um, the show, the song Hot Dog is said to be inspired by her, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, and groupies never, ever got shout outs on tours. Now, this is like in forever on this bootleg. So it's on mm-hmm. there and you, you can hear her name. Um, when the tour ended abruptly due to Plant losing his young son to a stomach virus, uh, the band went back to England. She went back home to Texas. And um, that that was it. That was the end of the relationship. It oh. just it was quick and dirty. But yeah. um, it wasn't just Zeppelin that she hung out with. She also canoodled with Rod Stewart, Bad Company, ELO, and Kiss. Wow. Her romance with Mick Ralphs from Bad Company shortly ended after uh, shortly after her affair with Plant did not sit well with the Golden God. She was said he wasn't. She said she wasn't going to wait around for him, and he was mad that she didn't want to just rekindle a relationship after several years. And she wasn't picking up any hints from him. But her groupie <laughs> days ended when she became pregnant to Ace Freely. And their daughter was born on September 19th, 1980. Baby's name is Lindsay, and they both reside in Dallas right now. So they're together. Yeah. Oh, go, go Ace. See? <laughs> there you go. Go Ace. Um, so there's I, that. Speaking of groupies, um, yeah. this isn't really a groupie, but um, there is somebody that I know personally who um, went to see Kiss in a different state. Okay. And... <laughs> um, the person will remain nameless because they may, she may occasionally listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, and um, her, her her husband was a uh, DJ on the big rock station. Okay. okay. And so they, of course, they got backstage. They got to meet Kiss. Mm-hmm. And Gene Simmons found her very, very attractive mm. and propositioned her. Yeah. And she said to her husband, like, you know, well, what do you think? And he said, Go for it. It's Gene Simmons. I kind of feel like a lot of people would do and that. And so she did Gene Simmons. And um, it was like, wow. I'm so not worthy. Uh, <laughs> well, not like that. But it was just like I never met anybody. It was like a kind of a crazy <laughs> thing. I mean, and some people will probably judge this woman for that. Um, you know, because she's, uh, you know, a wife and a mother and stuff like that. But she, I think, found it, you know, she was extremely flat. This, this was some, but this woman is very physically, even still, she's our age. She's, she's very, fit. very, very, physically very, fit. Very beautiful uh, woman. Yes. Um, so, anyways, kind of a funny tie into that. Um, See, so, mom, he didn't mention your name. So it's okay. <laughs> wow. So um, it's, um, it's not what you think, it isn't just the screwing and. Um, it's much deeper than that. In the, the screwing and the you know all the stuff that goes along yes. with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any comments or anything? Or I thought I saw um, a couple. No, those were all from Chris. But uh, somebody, Pamela Debar, uh, Bill, Bill, well, Bill Van Horn said she had a lot of accomplishments. <laughs> she, she has. That she did, sir. Other than oh. sleeping with all the rock stars. <laughs> Um, anyways, guys, so, uh, cool, uh, uh, interesting time, a little bit offbeat, a little bit different. Um, so maybe next time you you hear about this subject or you think about this and, and one of the things I think that, um, one of the things I want to ask you about this before we move on further, it seems like the groupie thing kind of ends in the eighties. Did the grunge guys not have groupies? They did. They did have groupies. They just not as talked about because they didn't do anything like these girls did they didn't do like they didn't go on to do businesses or manage bands or do 
Uh, cast of penises they just were dirty groupies uh okay because i because i would imagine like i sort of felt it was a this is one of the things that i sort of disliked about the grunge and the sort of like alternative movement was a sort of like oh you know we're so enlightened you know we don't do drugs and we don't party and we don't have sex you know you know we're very like respectful oh no but you know that it's total (laughs) fucking bullshit Mm -hmm. you know I'm telling you, Dave, uh, Dave Grohl got a, his share of ass, and so did the guys in Kurt Pearl Cobain. Jam, Kurt Cobain, all of them did. Now, if you think, you know, you're very deceived if you think that somehow these guys were more enlightened. And the same way with guys today, for sure. You know, anybody's touring today, you know, they're. They I got, feel like there are less today, though. You don't know that. I feel like there are. I don't know for sure. But I feel like so, there anyways, are less. Um, yeah, there you are. Um, on this day. <laughs> In 1957, Paul McCartney made his first appearance with the Quarrymen. You don't say. No way. A Beatle did something. No, the Beatles did something in 1964. Taking a day (laughs) off from the British tour, the Beatles went into the studio and completed the uh, recording of six album tracks and the A side of their next single, I Feel So Fine. They also completed Eight Days a Week, Kansas City, Hey, 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 Mr. Moonlight, I'll Follow the Sun, Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby, Rock and Roll Music, and Words of Love. Wow. Uh, Jimi Hendrix was not, he may have been getting his uh, thing plaster casted (laughs) on this day, but but the Jimi Hendrix players also played their first gig as a band together, supporting French pop star John uh, Holliday at the Paris Olympia in France. This was on 1966. Ode to Billy Joe, the debut album by Bobby Gentry, Gentry was at number one on this day in 1967 on the U.S. chart. It was the only album to displace the Beatles. <gasps> Sergeant Pepper's only high school. Hey, look band. at that! That the uh, uh, what people don't realize about uh, Bobby Gentry is like she wasn't just like a cute girl who sang. She mm-hmm. wrote the, those songs. Yeah, she actually yeah. had talent. She was yep. a songwriter. <laughs> All the talent. Um, uh, on this, uh, the Temptations on this day in 1969 uh, scored their second U.S. number one single with "Can't Get Next to You." Can't get next. To so you. it was number one in the in the U.S. and went to number thirteen uh, in the U.K. Wow! Oh my gosh! Okay, Kevin, you'll appreciate this. Here we go. This day in 1979, the Buggles were at number one on the U.K. singles chart with "Video, Video Killed, Killed the Radio, Radio Star." Star. Studio band featuring producer Trevor Horn famously was the first ever music video yep. shown on MTV in North America. Right. Yep. What was the yep. second? I don't know. It was Pat Benatar. <laughs> uh, what is it? You gotta run. You, you would know you that. You gotta hide. You gotta hide. Something like that. But it was Pat Benatar. Get the hell out of here. I'm. St- no, I'm serious. Get the fuck out of no, here. I'm serious. It's a very serious piece. <laughs> During a gig at the Los Angeles Coliseum, California, opening for the Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose announced that this would be the last Guns N' Roses concert unless the band members got their shit together. Uh-huh. He is referring to their use of heroin. You don't say. This day in 1989. Aquel? Foley? What? There are two Beverly Hills Cops references right in a row. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, do you know who Midge Ur is? I can't say that I do. Li- Live Aid co-founder Midge Ur collected his OBE from the Queen from the Queen for his music and charity uh, work. Uh, the 52-year-old Ultravox singer wore a kilt for the occasion at Buckingham Palace. And this day in 
2005, Madonna admitted that she wrote a groveling letter to ABBA asking if uh-huh. she could sample their music on her latest single, Hung uh-huh. Up. The singer had to sneak permission to sample Gimme, Gimme, Gimme and became... Only the second act that ABBA was uh, has allowed to sample their work. The Fugees use a uh, name of the game on their 1996 track, Rumble in the Jungle. Oh, huh. mm. did not know that. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that's about it for now. Now I'm excited because he... This is some Talked cool stuff. Earlier. This is yeah, kind of cool. Go. Uh, on this happy birthday shout out to this day in 1926, Chuck Berry. No way! Yes. Johnny B. Good himself, wow. singer, songwriter, guitarist, was one of the pioneers of rock and roll. Arguably, uh, I think the people on this podcast believe he actually is the king of rock and roll. He, he is. Yeah, uh, we, we. I think that was all um, unanimous. Mm-hmm. Um, helped develop a rhythm and blues into major elements that made rock and roll distinctive. His lyrics focusing on teen life and consumerism, plus his own brand of showmanship became a major influence on the subsequent rock music scene. Uh, he also had a surprise hit in 72 with a U- in the UK and US um, with his number one single, my ding a ling. <laughs> Major influence on the on the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Uh, Barry's Johnny Be Good was one of the examples of yeah. music uh, uh, from Earth sent out into space. He died yes. on the 18th of March, 2017, at age 90. He, right. I believe he was still almost. performing. Yeah, he was yes. pretty much still performing. Um, I gotta get that money. Kevin, you're going to pr- Pittsburgh. Kevin, you're going to appreciate this one too. Okay. I'm born on this day in 1949. Gary Richrath. Oh, from American rock band Ario Speedwagon, <laughs> like wow, both but Kevin and I, one of our favorite guitar players, underrated. Oh. Uh, uh, 81 U.S. single number one was "Keep on Loving You" and yeah, "Can't Fight This yet. Feeling." They named uh, the uh, they named the band Ario Speedwagon from Ario Speedwagon, a flatbed truck. He died on September 13th, 2015. Lou, I don't know if you know this, but nobody can talk with their guitar the way Gary does. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh my wow, goodness! I know, I know. Isn't that that's just like you don't really need anything else? Mm. Um, just taking a quick scroll. Zac Efron was born this day in 1987. Who's she? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Billy Eyelash? <laughs> Billy, I have an eyelash in my eye. <laughs> Uh, anyways guys um, so that is this day in rock and happy birthday shout outs to some of these uh, icons here and shout outs to our groupies I think this was cool I hope that we uh, clarified this (laughs) subject a little wee bit Um, yeah if you want to watch some films that uh, involve groupies yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. we we do have a list of that so the most famous one is almost famous Mm -hmm. Uh, Rockstar The Dirt Detroit Rock City this is Spinal Tap The Banger Sisters which is kind of more for women cutesy Uh, Rock of Ages Wayne's World and when I say Wayne's World I'm referring to Wayne and Garth in the backstage area for Alice Cooper Uh, Girl I don't know if anybody's seen that one it's pretty good Rock and Roll High School and there's a movie called Groupie so you might want to watch those look at that (laughs) Wow. Keep the party good going. Good stuff. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com and Lou Lombardi Music.com to get access to. This is how when we do giveaways and stuff like that. This is how you find out about that stuff. I didn't mention mm-hmm. that earlier. Yep. It also gives you access to our private Facebook group. This is really, guys, so cool because everybody in this group is freaking awesome. There's no um, snip snapping at people. There's no like, yeah, we're well, stupid because you don't like the Beatles. None of that. Like, it's all chill people just talking about music lots of people are 
posting bands and stuff that like you go like, either like shit I forgot about that or you know I never listened to that album by Kansas before mm-hmm. and this guy saying I'm gonna go check it out. So a lot of cool stuff like that is going on in there. Um, and you find out at LouLombardiMusic.com and LoudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. Please check out our brother from another mother, uh, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson at WolfsCustoms.online for custom uh, paint jobs and finishes on your musical instruments. RockRageRadio.com is the app that you need to download to listen to great guitar-driven rock 24-7. Um, there's great music programming uh, all the time there, including my show, which is Hot Links with Lily Six, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and the app is free. All free. Nice. All free music all the time. Well, I mean, you can send me money, but the app is free. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. Next, a week from Sunday. Dude, mm-hmm. you have to leave that open. You can't go to work that day. That's the that's the guitar show. I know. Are you, are you going to pay me? Because I probably should go to work. Because I've, <laughs> I've got a couple of days going off. You really off. need to go to the guitar show. Fuck. You need to go. You need to That's right, folks. I said it. Fuck. Yeah. Right, so the I'll guitar go. show is coming um, to to Cannonsburg of all places. Really? Yeah. Yep. It's going to be at the um, at the ice arena over here. The oh, ice, yeah. fun! Oh, yeah, it's going to be very cool. Stuff. I don't want to slip and fall. <laughs> You'll be fine. I'm, I might break my neck. <laughs> See oh, what I did there? With that, the guitar. Lord, I'm not <laughs> ready. Um, I'm not ready with a rim shot. I'm sorry. Um, that's all right. Wow. But uh, so anyway, so that's the only like big event. I believe that Supervana. Or ne- we're now called. I'm sorry, we're not called Supervana. <laughs> called I forgot what we're called. He's in trouble. Uh, Nirvana Tribute Band. I play is working on some shows, including one at Club Cafe. I will keep oh, you no in the loop. Way. Uh, yes there. way. Yes there. way. Including one at Club Cafe. Uh, so we will keep you guys in the loop on that. Um, uh, so guys, uh, thanks so much. It was a super, it was super fun, was fun today. Appreciate everybody who was listening um, o- online. I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, you might want to check out "I'm with the Band" by Pam DeBar. Great book so far. <laughs> so uh, for for some for some more information, uh, I, this was a super fun podcast. Uh, very upbeat. I'm glad we didn't you know didn't like take a downer. No, a bummer. We didn't do that. All right, guys. All right, guys. You have a great week, and we'll catch you all on the next. Ludini's Rock and Roll Circus. Door, I'm gonna 